This is an ode to blackness, to black women, to vulnerability and to visibility. And in the words of one of my heroes, the resilient and prolific Miss Audre Lorde, I have come to believe over and over again that what is most important to me must be spoken, made verbal and shared, even at the risk of having it bruised or misunderstood. That the speaking profits me beyond any other effect. I am standing here as a black woman, and the meaning of all that waits upon the fact that I am still alive and I might not have been. This is a platform to magnify the voices of the ignored and the unheard. So please join me on my journey of speaking up and speaking truth. This is Speak, and I am Kaya Coleman. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Speak. This is Kaya, and today's episode is focused on just kind of what's going on in the world around us. I think we're all experiencing a lot of craziness um and so I wanted to speak about that a little bit and originally I was like okay I'm gonna focus on the SARS movement because I think there's just so much to unpack and so much to discuss about it um but then I was like that also leads to a greater conversation about police brutality globally and also a misrepresentation um between government representatives and the actual demographic of the population because I think that's a really big issue and then I also realized that it's election day on Tuesday and I don't want to put bad energy towards it but I don't have the best feeling about it so I'm just like a little bit nervous and I know everyone is low-key like in the back of their heads like what are we about to see next Um, So I'm going to find a way to blend all of that together. Um, I don't know how, but stay tuned, and thank you for listening. Alright, so like I said before, um, I wanted to touch on the SARS movement because, or the NSARS movement, because this shit is crazy. I also just, like I said, I think in the Where Do We Go episode, Black liberation is a global struggle, and so... Solidarity is extremely important because anti-blackness is everywhere, even in countries that have, I think, I think Nigeria is the most populous uh, black country in the world, pretty sure, which is crazy because when I started seeing things about police brutality, I'm like, this isn't an issue I would expect because in America, police brutality is so racialized, but in a country that has a very different history, Police brutality is something that goes on between people that look the exact same. And that's even scarier low-key because you wouldn't expect somebody who should understand your struggle because y'all embody the same identities to treat you in such a crazy way. Um, So I took, actually I took a few days off of social media last week and then I came back and I just see NSARS everywhere and I'm like, oh, this definitely escalated in the couple days that I wasn't on here so I really wanted to understand like what was going on and what was causing this sort of an uproar and where did it come from because I had never heard of it not gonna hold y'all I'd never heard of SARS before I had no idea what it was so I had to start googling some things and so for those that don't know still because I'm sure some people don't know what the fuck SARS means um it's the special anti-robbery squad which is a part of Nigeria's police force 
And I started looking up, like, why are they targeting civilians? Like, what? I just didn't understand from their standpoint, especially, like, you're another black person and you work for the police force that is supposed to protect us black people. So, like, why would you feel the need to shoot us, kill us, rob us, like, all of this stuff? Like, that was just so crazy to me. Um, and so going back to what the, when the movement started, it began in 2017. This is my first time hearing about it, which is why I was so shocked, because that just highlights an even bigger issue of us not talking about Black issues globally enough. And I think we get so tied up in, like, America, America, America. And there's this sense of, like, American exceptionalism, where it's like, America is always first, and all we think about is ourselves. Meanwhile, Black people everywhere are facing the exact same struggle, and we just had no idea about it. And I think that level of ignorance is problematic. And even I was contributing to it because I had no idea that any of this was going on. Um, and so I want to highlight that because I think we all can do a better job at educating ourselves on what's going on globally because as we're seeing, every time I log in to Instagram and Twitter, actually, all I see is there's stuff going on in Nigeria in Congo, in Cameroon. I saw somebody tweet about Mozambique earlier. There's still shit popping off in Sudan. Like, everywhere I look, there's just political unrest. And it's happening in our in America, too, and we're talking about it here, but I don't see the same type of dedication towards it. So I'm going to use this moment um, to remind us, meaning me and whoever's listening to this, that we should do a better job at just understanding the struggle because it is a global struggle and we are the same people. And unfortunately, we allow a bunch of bullshit to divide us instead of realizing that we're the exact same people. Like, at some point, we came from the same place. Even if you can't track it, like, I have no idea. I cannot track that shit very far. <laughs> but I have to know, based on history, that it's the we're the same people. I just have a different path hit my ancestors and hit some of theirs, but it's still the same fight. And I think if we united on a larger front, we could actually make some shit shake. Um, but we're still arguing about light skin versus dark skin and HBCUs versus PWIs and shit. Like there's just so much more that's important. And I want us to start tapping into that as black people because enough's enough. And I'm tired. I know y'all are tired. I just feel like as a black person, I love us so much because we're able to still be triumphant after a lot of targeted destruction. But I will say that I think we're way too comfortable in living in the state of oppression that we're in now because it's seemingly better than what it used to be. Um, and I think we've gotten so complacent with just like what we have instead of realizing that we're deserving of so much more. And if we collectively decided that like, this isn't how we should be living and this isn't what we want, just imagine the heights that we could reach in terms of actual change and like radical change because what we're seeing right now is just being complicit within the system. But I want us to start thinking about like what it looks like outside of the system. Um, because I don't think small changes are enough, but that's just me. Um, so going back to SARS after that little rant, 
so apparently they stop people who basically have what they want in terms of monetary gain. Um, it could be men, women, kids. Like, they don't care <laughs> based off a lot of the articles I was reading. And they're known for robbing people, raping women, and just being unnecessarily violent towards Nigerian citizens. And so they also target people apparently for, like, brands they're wearing, if they have their, like, certain brand of a phone or certain hairstyles. And you can also pay them off to, like, get by, which is wild. Um, but basically, it's rooted in corruption and monetary gain and possession. And also, I think power trips, like people that all of a sudden get to do what they want because they have this badge and this gun, so they feel like they're better. And so they're abusing that power because they've never had it before is also what it looks like to me. Um, and then I also read an article about the governor of Lagos. I don't know if I pronounced it right, sorry. But the governor saying he was lying about the amount of casualties that occurred that day. Um, but then people were like tweeting videos, like showing the killings happening. And I'm like, how could you sit here, the governor, and not even accurately discuss the murder of your own people? Like, how could you expect other people to act with integrity if you, as the governor, can't even do it? That shit was crazy to me, because why are you lying about the death of your people? If anything, you should be focused on fixing the problem that caused it. But instead, there seems to be some sort of covering up of the corruption, which I really do not understand. Because um, I just I don't get how people can just sit back and watch all of this happen. And I'm, I just mean all of this, like all the violence that we're seeing globally this entire year, like a lot of government officials are just okay with allowing death and allowing violence and they just move on and I just think that's crazy that we're just instead of fixing the issue we're just like okay let's live with it the best we can and I'm like why not just not live with it like I feel like that should be the logical answer but instead everyone just collectively chooses the blue pill every time and we just sit in in misery (laughs) but we make it the best we can like I'm living a great life But I just feel like I'm not everyone. And I always feel bad thinking about the fact that there are some people that are suffering more because of our complacency in the system than we are. And so just because we're okay doesn't mean that this is working just as well for everyone else. And I always say like, not only are things, not only is this a a global struggle, but it's also just a, it's a fight for equity for everyone. And so we can't, we can't say that we're fighting for liberation and not care about how it's affecting people that are less fortunate than we are. And until they're free and until they have equal rights, then we're actually not making any progress or we're not making as much progress as we think we are. And so I just, I guess, all, seeing all of this is just making me want to push for radical change even more than I already have been. And, like, I don't say as much as I would like on here in terms of my political views because I think they're becoming a lot more radical. Um, and not everyone feels that way yet, so I don't want to put that out there. But if you do, you can understand where I'm going. I just think radical change is way more important than... Um, you know, voting for the next 
slave master because that's what I feel like we just did and I voted you like I get it vote because you should we do as long as we do live within the system you should do your best to do what's good for the system so that's why I voted and I think that's why everybody who didn't want to vote voted so definitely do that but also realize that voting isn't going to fix anything that we're asking for it's going to appease us and make us feel better in the moment because it's like oh whew, at least we got the proud boys out of there um but honestly joe biden probably has a lot in common with the proud boys and i'm not really that excited for that presidency and same with good sis kamala i think it's dope we're gonna have a black vice president might even have a black woman president hopefully god forbid but you know that's also a possibility so it's cool we might make strides in terms of hierarchy within the system or at least on the most basic level it'll look like we made strides like when we had obama so like it's gonna feel good um for a little bit but i don't think that we're about to see the end of police brutality or the end of redlining, or the end of mass incarceration. It's not with Kamala. Y'all know Kamala. She's not with that. She might be with it to win this this ballot. She might be in it to get her her step up, but she is not all that she preaches to be, and we all know that. But blue pill us, as usual, and we'll just act like it's okay. And I guess... I'm annoyed by always having to just like choose the better of the worse because there's not really a choice in that if you think about it. It's like we keep saying exercise our right to vote, like this is your civic duty, but we're voting on damn near pre-selected candidates and they tell us what they want to do for the country and we just have to pick which idea we like the most as opposed to being able to voice the idea that would actually work for our community and work for us we just have to pick whichever sounds the nicest and I think I'm just fed up because it's like damn y'all told us voting is so cool and first election I had to vote for Hillary's ass didn't want to do that this election had to vote for Biden's ass didn't want to do that and it's like I feel very restricted within this democracy, quote unquote democracy. And so for me, voting can't be that answer, but I do think that I understand what people are saying, like vote, vote, like I get it. I promoted that too. But I just think that that's the wrong answer in terms of what we actually, or what it seems like we want. I don't, yeah, voting isn't gonna solve that i just went on a huge rant about voting but you can tell that that's really what's on my mind um but i said that i wanted to tie it in so i i brought it together um i'm just election day being so close has me a little bit nervous and ever since y'all president decided to say proud boys stand stand back stand by the proud boys have really be they've been standing back and standing by and i live in texas um and even though Houston area is more liberal, it's Texas. And 
when one white supremacist is like, yeah, fuck black people, the other's like, you're right, yeah, fuck black people. And so now all of a sudden, people who have never been proud Trump supporters in their life have Trump signs, like a couple houses down, like three different houses have just sprouted up with these Trump pin signs. And I'm like, hmm, this is starting to feel a little bit less safe. Um, Texas is also open carry state, so do with that what you will. Um, so I have a little bit of fear surrounding the election, regardless of which way it goes, because tensions are high anyway. Um, and people are so polarized right now that anything can happen. I saw at Cornell, some kids, they're black, all of them, they drew, it wasn't a swastika, but it was some other white supremacist symbol that I can't think of the name right now. And they drew that on their trash cans and smeared what looks like poop all over their cars. And I'm like, oh, nah. First of all, <laughs> so actually, let me not say that on here, but it, it would have been handled. <laughs> but second of all, the fact that people are already feeling that comfortable to be that hateful and the man hasn't even won a second term yet, and hopefully he doesn't, but even then, like, election day has not come yet, and people are already this ready to show their true colors. And that is terrifying as a black person, because we are always the most targeted person. Even in our own countries, even in our own spaces, there's anti-blackness. And that goes to show that white supremacy was extremely successful, because we're embodying that idea of Black people deserving lesser, black people deserving trauma, black people deserving pain, even within our own states and even within our own culture, and that's crazy. Like, allowing all these different divisions that were given to us by white supremacists, like I mentioned earlier, like, colorism thing, the, even, like, we hate on people that don't have money, we hate on people that aren't as educated, we hate on people that are anything close to the black stereotype that we're all running from because we don't want to be considered that. And that goes to show you that white supremacy is kicking our asses and they're really winning because we've internalized it that much that we're showing hate to our own and that's crazy. And so that ties into the point about us needing to show more solidarity because of the global struggle because white supremacy isn't an American thing. White supremacy is, a, a, White supremacy is a white thing. It's we could I guess the Europeans they really pioneered it and Americans are their descendants, so of course they upheld the family tradition. But I think that knowing that should make us even more encouraged to want to be a unified front. If we know that everywhere we go everyone is gonna treat us differently because we look like each other, why not, you know, <laughs> form something from that. I don't know. I just think that's off. So these are all the political ideas and things that have been flowing through my head. It's crazy because I put talking points and like notes that I wanted to hit, completely forgot that I wrote anything down. So this is just what's coming into my head. And hopefully it made sense. But if it didn't, I'm going to reiterate like a couple main points. So the first thing is, in SARS, I think we can all do a better job at protecting our own, regardless of nationality, because we are the same fucking people. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I, I think 
what why I say that is because so many people were treating it as if it was an other issue and as if it was separate from the Black Lives Matter movement in America, but it's like Black Lives Matter globally. There are black people literally everywhere. So we can't treat it like this is an an outside event or an outside issue. It's our issue just as much as it's the actual Nigerians that are experiencing it in Nigeria right now. Like it's still our duty to fight for them the way it's their duty to fight for us when people are getting killed here. It's the same situation. But I think this highlighted a point that our communities are intertwined, but they're not as collaborative as they should be. They're not as understanding as we should be. I think we have a lot more work to do in terms of solidarity within the global diaspora. I don't think we're doing that great of a job, um, myself included. And then the second point is vote. Yes, but how long are we going to keep being complicit with everything that's happening within the system? Because every time we choose collectively, we're just going to vote and accept the same thing that we've been getting, which is nothing, then we're actively saying we're okay with everything that's happening. Even if we're not okay, which we're not okay with it, I know that we're not, but I'm just saying that by choosing to do the same shit that hasn't worked for the past few decades, we're gonna, like, we're just welcoming the same, the same response. We're, wel- we're welcoming the same exact ending because we keep doing the same thing. Like, we can't keep the same method going and think we're gonna have a different result. You have to switch it up. Clearly it's not working. And so I want us to, instead of using our civic duty to do the same thing that has been holding us behind, let's see what else we can do with our civic duty to actually propel progress and to move forward from this because this is not fun. <laughs> even, even if it's, fun sometimes it would be a lot more fun for us to just be living in equity like that would just be a much better situation as opposed to just having to walk on eggshells and just deal with it like we've been doing since we got here in the 1500s and then the third thing is to stay safe and stay sane during this week because who knows what's happening but I think I've seen in my own community and I've seen in other people's via social media that things are intensifying and feelings are intensifying and who we don't really know what can happen. We've already seen 2020 throw so much at us that I want us to be cognizant of the fact that other things could also happen and we shouldn't be as like chill as we're acting. I say that only because people are forgetting, like, number one, we're in a pandemic. (laughs) And number two, like, just look at the shifts we're seeing globally. Like, this is a very historic year for so many reasons. We should be paying more attention to it because I think it's very important. Um, But, yeah, stay safe this week. If you haven't voted already, you should definitely, I mean, I guess if you want to, um, (laughs) vote and be safe, be careful. Um, white people are crazy. I'm gonna just say it. And I think we should protect ourselves any way that you can. Um, 
because they don't look to spare us. So just be careful is my only point. I am saying that from very Southern Texas perspective right now because yes, white people are crazy, but white people in Texas are very crazy. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous, but I mean, my family, we're, we're good. But for everybody else out there, I think you should all still be cognizant of the energy that's going around and of just how polarized we are as a nation right now because I don't know about y'all, but racism has really been OD during the pandemic. It's like people have made so much more time. They've dedicated so much more time to being racist lately or to making their racism known. And just seeing that is enough to make me be a little bit weary. So I just wanted to pass that message on to you guys. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening to my rant (laughs) about everything that's going on in my head right now in terms of black people and our journey towards liberation i kind of wanted to touch on police brutality and my experiences working um as a teacher's assistant in a prison during college but i'm gonna use that for a later episode to talk about like the actual effects of mass incarceration and police brutality because that's a really deep conversation but look i guess be on the lookout for that one it's going to come at some point Good luck to everybody this week. I hope that it's very prosperous and peaceful um, and balanced. That's what I've been needing. So thank you guys once again for listening. Um, y'all, the amount of listens that I get also, I just wanted to thank y'all again for that because I just do this for fun and y'all really be listening to it. And it shocks me every time I see the amount of people that listen. I'm like, wow, who knew? So thank you guys so much. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, Stay safe, and I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.